Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. music by the absurdist then you know this is an episode of on rampin with d now today's episode of on rampin with d isn't our typical episode so this is two episodes in a row that aren't a typical episode um but there's i feel like sometimes you just gotta get good content out so as you know on rampin with d uh, was started because i was curious as to like who is interested in this technology, but not necessarily diving into the details of what it is and how it works. Um, since I've had all kinds of people on, but now uh, I have on a guest uh, by the name of Bitcoin Bay, who helps uh, organize meetups to bring people together to learn about blockchain and cryptocurrency in the DC area. And I thought it since she kind of like does real life on ramping it was real people instead of just podcasting it would be a great mix to have her come on the show and describe what it is she does and how she does it so welcome thank you thanks for having me no it's problem nice. so i um i i found out about you in an interview uh through porsche and i was like oh it's gonna be perfect i'll get her on the show and before we go too deep into it, let me give you a chance to introduce yourself to my audience. Like, where are you from? What do you do? Uh, how'd you get into crypto? Those basic questions there. Um, I'm from D.C. I was born and raised in D.C. Actually, I was born at Howard University Hospital, and I graduated from Howard University. So it's really funny. Hey but that's interesting. <laughs> HU. And also um, for a living, I am a digital advertising associate. So basically, I spend money all day long online on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Google mostly and um, try to persuade people through ads to uh, vote for a candidate or just at least get on their emailing list or donate. 
so like those are the biggest things that I do at work every day and um, some days it can be really slow some days it can be crazy um, what else about myself that I was going to say is what I do where I'm from and how I learned about crypto is so I was on Twitter a long been on Twitter forever and there was this guy that I follow named David Seaman and he's like a one not a one but like number two conspiracy theorists right under Alex Jones probably <laughs> and <laughs> but and then like at one point he was talking about Bitcoin a whole lot but then he was also talking about David C- I mean uh, he was talking about Pizzagate and like sacrificing children and shit for Hillary like Hillary Clinton sacrificing kids and it was just like a lot happening <laughs> with his thing and so like his message was just not like compelling enough for me to look more into Bitcoin because of the other stuff he was talking about. Although I like do like to get deep into conspiracy theories and like dig because sometimes there's a little bit of truth that's inside of these. Like people just don't always just make this stuff up out of nowhere. <laughs> you can't just take the news's take on a story and be like, oh yeah, that's the truth. Like that'd be horrible if you did. So um that's when I first heard about it. And also, you know, a lot of people that I follow was a, a bunch of like black Twitter. Shout out. But you know, so it was like lost that message about Bitcoin was lost in there. And so like a few months ago, I'm gonna post like content that's clickable and then get them to come over to my website and make money from ad revenue so i called my friend who's like really into tech i'm like i got a new idea this is so fucking cool he was and i was like i was like let's do this he was like no let's just do bitcoin and i was like what he was like you need to get into bitcoin you need to learn about it and i was like um okay i trust him like he's super techie so i trust him so i was like all right and from then on like day one i made a coinbase account Hate Coinbase. Made a Coinbase account and um, hate Coinbase. Why is Coinbase so hated? I think it's just the idea that one, the fees are really high, and then two, there's also a premium on what you buy, and then three, the more and more I bought, the lower my limit was for instant Hmm. for me personally. So like the more I bought from them, the lower I could like it would be like my first limit was like five hundred a week. Wow, that's amazing. Then now it's 100 a week. And I've been doing this for a while. So I really don't understand that. So I kind of have a gripe towards them because of that. And was also it, when you... Hmm? Was it a debit card? Yes. Yeah, they, they limited everybody on the debit card purchase. I have a debit card and a bank account. But my friend told me that I need to have more than one debit card to maybe like help that out. That's what, that's what helped them out. But also I think with Coinbase is that when you buy via bank account, you literally can be waiting up to 10 business days to have your crypto credited to your account. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just ridiculous. Like whatever process that is, is just like when you're trying to get somebody new, like I got one of my friends to do it. Like he's calling me like, they stole my money. I'm just like, no, they didn't. Like, but it's hard for me to like, (laughs) I don't work for Coinbase. And so, like, that whole process, to me, like, defeats the point of, like, a peer-to-peer experience. And so, I don't hate them. They're doing the service somewhat as far as onboarding brand new people. But there has to, like, be a – we have to grow from this, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I got a Coinbase account. 
I deposited money as soon as I could after they approved me. I didn't even do that much research first, just trusted my friend, like whatever. And then every day I started to research, started to listen to podcasts. I started to watch Andres Antonopoulos. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have saw his video a long time ago because I would have been in there like swimwear. Yeah. Like all in, but I didn't, and I didn't know, and it never came across anything except for that one guy who was kind of crazy. So, um, that's how I got started, and I never stopped. Yep, like I so, never stopped. So, Bitcoin uttered from a conspiracy theorist to black Twitter picking it up to finally your friend said, instead of doing that idea, you should just go all in on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Cool, and so. It, it's it seems like it's grown for you just from Bitcoin to crypto in general to the point mm-hmm. now where you have these meetups and you get people together. So what's that process like? And, and how did you know you wanted to start like, oh, I need to start organizing these events for people because um, there's so many people. I need to get them yes. in one spot. So there's a couple of things. My background before advertising, um, I worked for the government and I helped basically roll out the Affordable Care Act in DC. Mm. So that took a lot of marketing, a lot of community organizing, a lot of events. I begged them to have a social media presence, Um, a a lot of getting to where people are. And one thing who's also uh, my old boss, Dr. Boyd, who's also a Howard alum. I just love Howard, but she's also a Howard alum and she pushed me to like really market and be where people are. Like we had events at barbershops, nightclubs, uh, restaurants, hair salons, grocery stores, Walmarts, like everywhere. We wanted to be where people were. And we understood how important that was as far as outreaching and rolling out a new idea. The Affordable Care Act was a new idea, a new policy, and it basically was an internet company. Mm. And so we're like introducing it because like the exchange is an online Portal. So it's essentially like the one of the first, I guess, government internet intersections, really. Mm-hmm. So that, from my experience with that, it kind of um, was like a no-brainer for me as far as like where I fit in in the blockchain space. I don't have a desire to code. I think it's interesting. I want to learn more about it when I get more free time. And when I'm full-time blockchain, I'll probably dig into code zombies and have a little fun with that. But I don't aspire to be a full-time code, mm-hmm. full-time developer. And um, I'm also like, I'm not on the financial market side. I'm brand new to that. This is also a learning curve for me, understanding the markets and market cycles and and everything about it and how money works and how markets work and how markets work to take money from people really. But like learning all that was new for me. So I knew that like I needed to get in somewhere where I was already good at. <laughs> so it's good that you mentioned that because a lot of coders they get so um they get so deep in the code they don't know how to communicate with people. Um because you have to think a specific way when you're coding. And then when they go and they talk to people like myself or like you it almost comes to the point where it's like, what are you talking about? What you gotta either slow it down or or break it down. And so I think it's good that different people from different disciplines and different backgrounds are getting into the space and 
it kind of forces that connection between devs and people that don't develop. Because if they don't right. ever figure out how to communicate what they're building or what they're doing, then, you know, they might as well just be like painting on a cave wall. Nobody's going to yeah. see it. Steve so. Jobs said something about this um, when he was working with Steve Wozniak. And he was like, if there is no way to like market your product, then the value is just, it's just none. Like you have to have a way to market and communicate the value of your product. Mm-hmm even if the product is like so amazing. And that's why Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, they were such a great pair because Steve mm-hmm. Wozniak was really like into the tech and Steve Jobs knew the tech, but he was really into how to get it out there and the marketing and understanding people and the way people think. So um, the book is a really good book too. Um, but I think that's important. Also, not even like um, developers, <sighs> not talking in layman's terms it's more so like what they what they think people want and what and how they don't know because they don't study and they don't interact with people and they don't understand so i have a a little story about when i maybe the second month in my friend mines and he was mining this coin called bitcoin z like btcz and basically it started off of it started off of um Bitcoin talk thread, a community that wanted to have a decentralized community like based coin or whatever. And what they did was when he downloaded their wallet, they pulled the API for Bitcoin to the value of their coin. So when he was mining Bitcoin Z, the reflection of his wallet made it look like he had all these Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. So it was like as a and we're both new. He's like three months. He's like maybe a couple of months ahead of me, and uh, he's like, "We're millionaires." I'm like, "No, we're not. Like, you're not a millionaire. <laughs> like, this doesn't look right." And so I go into like I I dig into it. I go into their Slack and I'm like asking, like, why why would you guys like what happened? Like, why is the wallet pulling this information and saying that you have this many Bitcoin, and it's really Bitcoin Z one and two It's just really misleading. And the developer was like, Ooh, we, it got you here. I'm like, that was not the point. Like, that's not how you communicate to a customer. Like now I'm forever scorned. I don't want to mess with your product. And it was misleading. So you're making people think that they have more money than they actually have, mm-hmm. especially if they're new. And of course, like, People who are older and like more experienced can be like, can figure out, okay, this doesn't make sense. This was the wrong API. Like it can be something that comes to you naturally. But if you're new into mining and you automatically think that, then you're just being misled. And so like the developers that were all in the group were like, they thought that the fact that it brought me to complain in their Slack channel, it mm. was a good part of marketing. I'm like, no, because I'm never going to own your coin now. And mm. I'm never going to like, it was just bad. And then I try to, I try to like extend, I'm like, I have a marketing background. I can help you guys out to avoid this in the future. And they never like reached back out to me. And even at one point they was like, Hey, we're going to spend like $200 on Facebook ads. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys do not listen. So it's almost <laughs> like it that made it open my eyes to like to disconnect between marketing and developing and and really 
what's important for Bitcoin is community organizing. If if we're really going to try to stick to the original vision of having not even wealth, but just money accessible to everybody and not having to have an intermediary control that and manipulate that, then it's a lot of community organizing that's going to have to go into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, the developers sometimes forget about that. And it's important, like developers are important. They're built, they're writing the language mm-hmm. and they're building the code and they're improving on it. But like without the people, then what is the, what is the part? Like, what's the point? Like if there are not people adopting your product, then your product really doesn't have a use. You can't yeah. make people want to do it. Even if you're like an amazing developer and the protocol is like mind blowing, like that's good. But like, if this is going to survive in the next 10, 20 years, it needs to like be spread out to the masses and not like immediately, not like all at once, not like the last couple months where it's been crazy, but just like through efforts of minds, like community organizing in local communities and going to places and teaching people about it and being mm-hmm. open to, to teaching people about it. I think that may have answered your question or not. It did. I it wasn't really a question. We were, just, <laughs> we're just talking about, you know, how developers and sometimes don't do a best job, their best job communicating outside of devs. Um, and you brought right. up some very valid points. You know, you could have the best, just the best product on the planet, but if nobody's using it or knows how to use it, then you know what's the point so right tell us a little bit about like your events what happens at an event and um, who comes how big is it uh you know like just give us some details of the event itself so i'll give you events. like some history of, like why i started it yeah so i um i started it because okay so there were since i first started i was like i know about dc tech dc tech is heavy on meetups you can literally learn how to code in any language for free if you go to meetup.com. Like they're, especially as a woman, like they have women who code Python, Java, whatever. Like you can find a community that will teach you for free how to get into this tech. So that's what I did. The first thing I did was when I was like, what's on meetup? And there was a blockchain group on meetup. And I went to the blockchain meetups and that's how I met Portia. Mm. Um, I went to the blockchain meetups and they were good and they were um, ran by Richard Weston and a guy named Daryl, got his last name, and Reem. Um, and basically, sorry, my dog. <laughs> my way. But um, basically, they were getting a good amount of people there. I think like the biggest one maybe had like 100 or so people. They were getting a good amount of people there, but after a while, it's like they were all like really busy and it wasn't giving what I feel like I I wanted to get out of these. Like mm-hmm. Porsche was doing like the intro to blockchain or Bitcoin kind of um, slideshows and she did a really great job of communicating that, um, what it was to like a general audience. And I aspire to do that one day, but like, but that's all, you know, and like it was just Portia. And then sometimes it'd be like a business come in, but I'm like, we need more structure and we need more, um, like we need, we need a, a stronger 
educational community around this. The meetups are cool. I've been going to them since like consistently since October, but I know that I can community organize and I know what I'm capable of. So the first meetup I have was, um, I mean, I named the DC Crypto Club and I kind of feel like about it because crypto is cryptography, not cryptocurrency. So I'm pretty sure anybody who's into cryptography is like, ugh, like annoyed with the way that. Don't worry. It's like five community- people. Like five people. <laughs> so like it's not cryptography, it's cryptocurrency, but I made it so that one it was general because the other one was just blockchain users group. And they did that for a reason, I think, to open it up to just beyond like Bitcoin. And um and two, I, I just thought that it was a cool little name and I started the meetup. I um hustled up a, a event venue and I contacted a speaker and um started an event bright and started promoting it and the first event had about like 50 people there oh and i was like oh this is nice because like the usual (laughs) um meetups can range from like 20 to 40 the bigger ones like when when it's like a like when bitcoin was like at its height and seventeen thousand, she was going crazy it was like maybe 100 people there you know Mm -hmm. it's all you can it's almost like how people invest when it's real hype. They want to be like interested in it. But like when it's like right now, when it's kind of like a bear market, they're like, mm, they're not really interested in it. So their fault. long story short, right. They're lost. <laughs> but um, I had Rebecca, she's a CPA come and speak about taxes. And um, if you plan to file your taxes, how you should, how you should consider filing cryptocurrencies and luckily we had two lawyers show up from cogent which is a, a prominent law group in dc a law firm that um covers a lot of like uh, blockchain technology companies and healthcare companies and so well healthcare technology companies but that's like their specialty so we had a tax lawyer show up woo, which was great and another lawyer so like they were kind of like piggybacking off of her and backing up what she said and it turned into like a presentation to a conversation and it got kind of heated because like some people were mad like that it's even being taxed and she's like look don't shoot the messenger i'm just here to tell you what the law is you can do what you want i'm not telling you what you should do i'm just telling you what this is and that was very interesting um it was nerve-wracking for my first one because i can get anal about things that I'm in control over. I just want to like have my hand in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it went really well. And the second one we had was about the same amount, maybe a little less. It was about mining. And we had a young man on Rue come in, um, take apart his mining rig and talk about mining and proof of work versus proof of stake. And then my friend John, who got me into Bitcoin, was there to also back up on Rue with questions about mining and um like that event went pretty well and we got um somebody that was interested in getting into it i have another friend that's a lawyer he sponsored all the pizzas so we had plenty of food which was nice and um that was the second event and that it went pretty well and people were just so happy and like as an organizer and as someone in the community you know my job is like to talk to everybody and ask them like what are you interested in what brought you here what can I do better? What do you want to hear about? 
And um, people were just overwhelmingly like happy, which made me happy and excited. And they were excited about it too. And it was people from all levels, people who were seasoned investors, people who were who hadn't even bought their crypto yet. So it was like, that was the goal was to bring these people together because when they start talking to each other after they learn. And let me tell you, every single crypto event that has a time span, like say if mines are like usually 630 to eight, they always extend past it. Like that seems like a long time, but like literally there's always like, what bar are we going to? And people are like talking for hours about this. Mm-hmm. This is like something that people really like to talk about. So, um, was I got good news the other day. So I'm, I'm working on planning a security panel about how to secure your things, um, what you is malware. Get, you need to get our co-host, Corey, on that if you can. Is he in D.C.? He is in D.C. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. I'm working yeah. with um, a young lady, Oli. She is a cybersecurity professional. And a young man, Andrew, who owns graynoise.io. And his um, technology is like, I'm not a cyber, into cybersecurity, so I don't want to like butcher what his technology does. But basically, it's like it scans the in- there's there's technology that scans the internet for IP addresses for vulnerabilities or whatever. And his mm-hmm. technology is like the good guy of that fight. He's That's a white hat hacker. Something like that. So <laughs> Check good. out greatnoise.io. He's really helpful. He's a nice guy, and um. He said he would help. So I was trying to get like a like uh, a slide deck and then like a panel of people to answer questions afterwards. So definitely will be interesting getting connected to Corey. But um, uh, that was the, the the next one that I'm planning along with a couple of other ones I have in the works. But that one for sure, I have been you and a couple of people that are dedicated to being there. Um, I was talking to Richard Weston, who is the main organizer for the DC um, 8 I would say HU, the DC users group. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry if you hear my dings on my computer. But um, good. The uh, Richard Weston is the main person. And every time I met him, I would have to introduce myself to him again. I'm like, does he remember me? And so I was at the last event. It was um, Delphi, which is like Augur, Ico. They were presenting their products. And basically, um, Delphi... They had their product, and he, he, like, pulled me to the side, and he was like, well, you know, Reem is really, really busy. Um, Daryl, you know, doesn't really come to the meetups anymore. And, um, yeah, because I think Reem works at, like, Booz Allen Hamilton right now. And she's really busy. Uh, Deloitte, uh, I think. Um, Deloitte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Reem. But, um... Daryl was really busy and he was like, you know, I'm just tired. <laughs> and he was like, do you want to leave the group? And I was like, do I? Of course I do. You know, because their group is bigger. Like my group is about 200 people on Meetup and they have about 2,000 people on Meetup. Mm. So I have a bigger audience to market events to. Um, he connected me with some of the venues that we're going to be using and then main, our main sponsor, which is Cogent Law Group. Um, so it made me really happy because it's like, I'm not getting paid to do this, but I'm passionate about it. And it, it mm-hmm. pays off anyway. And um, I start, I mean, I, he talked to me about this last Thursday. So I kind of like been sleeping most of the week. I've been so tired. And I, so I start um, getting together some information and putting together some other things so that I can get the ball rolling and 
and plan out basically what I want to happen for the rest of the year and what, mm-hmm. what's that, what's that going to take, what funding I'm going to need and so on and so forth. But like, it, it just showed me, you know, how open the community is and, um, I felt like I felt like they were just passing down the torch to me, and I felt honored. He was like, "You show me up. My events aren't as good as yours." He didn't literally say that, but he basically was saying he was impressed with what I was doing. So it made me really, really happy. Actually, I called my mom. That's how happy I was. Like, mom, guess what happened? It's <laughs> <laughs> really so, cool. That- now I have like a, a bigger user base, you know, of people to connect with, and I was. Cogent already sponsors it, so it's like I don't have to worry about some of the stuff that I was worrying about before. Yes, um, of course, and I'm gonna I'm putting together like a slide deck that talks about the group, turn out the kind of people so that like different sponsors can choose because DC Crypto Club is not going to die with this. What I'm going to do is um, switch it over just to just being a website and a newsletter. A newsletter that keeps you going, um, what's going, keeps you up to date with what's going on in DC. So okay. it won't be like, and then maybe like some, a little bit of knowledge. Like I've written small articles about where to buy Bitcoin, and like the security, the fees, the waiting time for each platform. I've also written about um, where to join the community. So like every different online community, and then meet up. And now I'm writing about. The Block Explorer, which is a whole new like ball game for me because I'm not technical and I'm realizing how much I thought I knew and I don't know. Um, <laughs> like with like inputs and outputs and whew, I'm trying to like break this down, explain it, and make it simple. But, but I'll, I'll isn't that the coolest thing like about that. all this, right? Is that you think you know something and then you spend about 15, 20 minutes reading and you're like, oh, there's a whole new level to this. Yes. That, I, that I need to learn. And uh, what to me is cool is like all this stuff is so new and it's such an endless amount of information that you can gain your own little personal expertise on so many things. And you just it's, it's just like this mountain of opportunity to learn new things. And that to me is what's it's so beautiful. exciting about this space. Right. And then you learn so much. <laughs> you want to talk about it so much. That your family and friends tell you to go away, and then you're just like, "All right, I'll make a podcast then, because <laughs> then I can talk about." I'll it. have an have event, or like somebody's gonna be interested in what I'm doing. So, yes. like you know, and I really one thing that I don't, I didn't, I have not done this intentionally, but that's the way it's happened. Is that at both of my events, I've been able to put people of color in the front of the room mm-hmm. who are knowledgeable about what they're doing, which to me is important. A representation so one it was a black woman which was the first guy and then the second um the second guy i don't want to get his ethnicity wrong but um i think he's asian um and so like having you know like some other people that represent people who are knowledgeable exactly. and experienced is important no, I'm not going to always have it like that. No, that's not always the goal is to like shut out white people or not have them like, cause it's a community and mm-hmm. we're all in this together. But just the fact that I'm able to put a, a face of color in the front, like kind of makes me happy in the inside because it's, because it's, it's just important yeah. for representation. 
it's it's important, especially like this conversation right now about women mm-hmm. in blockchain and having women at the forefront, having women being represented. It's like we're here, just have to notice us. And like a lot of people say that on Twitter, the community on Twitter. I won't get into that, but what? Why not? Just get into it a little bit. Scratch the surface. <laughs> just scratch the surface. Just nibble. Uh, I have learned a lot from Twitter. I've learned probably the most from people I follow on Twitter. I've also realized how much people front like they know things and they don't. I realized um, how... What's, I don't know what the right word is, but it's just like the whole OG mentality and how it's mixed up with like the amount of fo- the amount of followers you have does not is not an equivalent to your worth and your worth of content. Like that's just very evident to me because some people have like a whole bunch of followers but don't even like like say or know anything or like what they're talking about is just irrelevant and i think it's just like probably like bots following them i'm not saying that they got bots to pay for it because i wouldn't put that on anybody or say that but i know that like even some bot accounts accounts follow me sometimes like you know when an account is like mm-hmm. has no tweets or whatever but i just feel like people fail some people just will like make it an equivalent like oh they have a hundred thousand followers they must be like really really amazing or smart and it's just not the case and then it's also i i, I can go further into it i just really don't want to okay, it's also we'll this, this, this this divide because it's just like I, I feel a certain way because i i really love twitter i've been on twitter forever and like i i really love the idea and the whole culture and community of black twitter and i just can't wait for black twitter and crypto twitter to intersect that's all i have to say um <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people will be held accountable for things that they say mm-hmm. that are negligent towards other communities and people of color because you have money doesn't mean that you can get away with saying that it's mm-hmm. very evident people like donald sterling i think that's his name i'm not into sports but I think he said something and, and got in trouble for it for talking about a black woman, right? Oh yeah, that was that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Was... Yeah, but a lot of the the outrage has to do with what starts on Twitter in the so conversation. So it sounds like it's happening. like Twitter. I, I guess your qualm with Twitter is that people feel like they could say whatever, and that instantaneously creates these divides and these separations of people. It introduces well, more friction where friction's not necessary. It, that's what it does. Not not and, necessarily divide, but it introduces more friction where exactly where friction isn't necessary. Like there's literally people that say certain words and certain things that are like insensitive to certain communities of people of color, black people especially. And, and women, right? And women. And like I haven't even I'd be ignoring the woman part because I feel like I'm gonna be a trailblazer and I'm gonna work hard and they just gonna stick their foot in their mouth. Like, I, I feel like there's more more so of, like, people saying things that, they, that they're not getting held accountable. Even Roger Ver saying things that he's not getting held accountable for because you have money. Like, that doesn't mean anything to a community of people online that will tell you about yourself. And I just can't wait for that community of people. Not to say that it's going to change anything about how you trade or, you know, but your brand will be diminished. It will be affected. Once you are outside of the 
crypto Twitter. I saw someone tweet like crypto brought Twitter back. I'm like, you have no idea what Twitter is. Like if you think that crypto Twitter is, <laughs> it's like a drop in the bucket. Like we, I'm a, I have two accounts. I have one account, which is my regular account. You know, I follow my friends on there. I have one account where I follow people who talk about Twitter and stuff like that. And I think that like, there's a, a, uh, like a delusion about the impact that crypto Twitter has. And it doesn't, it's just like a inner circle thing. Cause half of these followers, I think I was listening to somebody that admitted that she thought that some of her followers, like most of her followers are bots. Mm-hmm. Like she was I'm glad openly you're saying this and I'm glad you're yeah. bringing this to light because forever crypto Bitcoin, all of it is one giant echo chamber. It is. And that's why things really seem is. like they happen so quickly, but it's just this little tiny pocket of concentrated, obsessed kind of people that think that that's the only world that's existing. And that's definitely not the case. And you could, no. there's a lot of, there's pros and cons that can happen from that. And But the biggest con to me is that you're in this echo chamber and don't realize that that's not the reality that's happening outside of it. And I'm glad that you brought that up because the crypto yeah. community needs to come to terms with that uh, quicker uh, rather than later, sooner rather than later. Because Yeah, um, I, I think they will. There are some people that I feel like are responsible with their followers um, that I really like. And there are some people um, who I feel like I can't wait for people to, I cannot wait for them to get like, fired up because i brought up some things but i'm like you know what this is not my fight to fight right now mm-hmm. like it's not my 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 fight to tell people what they should be saying with their accounts because they can say anything they want to be honest i don't i just don't have to follow them it just sucks because the way the twitter twitter algorithm is is like if somebody i follow likes that post and i see it mm-hmm. great so me unfollowing them just just doesn't like does me nothing but i just am excited to see where the future will go as a community grows and people's brands are affected by their uh their views and how they express them this is life it happens all the time in regular world it happened the first person it happened to was um paula dean that was the first person it happened to who (laughs) had stuff to say and this is like i'm it's crazy. And it's just something that I really will write about one day. <laughs> yeah. I want to write about the community and how it grew and what it was like. And from where I started, because people wanna, are going to want to know about it. And it's just going to be interesting this, to see how it comes into effect. I think even Roger Ver one time described B cash as being like, Rosa Parks sitting at the back of the bus or something like something completely culturally insensitive and crazy. Like what the, I cannot uh, like, he's in his own crypto bubble. He's in his own. And it's even worse is that he's been in it so long. He's created like a hyper bubble that is so detached from all the other bubbles. It has no chance of forming that weird little bubble. Like, you know, when bubbles combine, they make that like half bubble thing. Anyways, uh, he's just way out there. So like at least once or twice a week, I make a habit to go reverse one of his stupid tweets that he tweets out. I just like comment on it. Like, this is wrong. You're very wrong about all of this. I don't know what you're doing anymore, but, 
uh, it's not right. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a matter of time I, for Ver. But I want to say a good thing about crypto Twitter is that it gives you access to people who mm-hmm. have a success in the field and like made millions of dollars. It lets you have you can and they usually respond. And I like that. Like, that's very, that's a very positive thing about it. Let me point out a positive thing. That's very, very positive is that people who are experienced and have made a lot of money, like, literally, if you can, if it seems like you've done your own research and that you just really are having a pain point or something, you can ask those questions and people will answer. Like, I literally Mm -hmm. always ask questions and people with hundreds of thousands of followers or like maybe 100,000, 40,000, like they'll answer and they'll respond. Or like people like, um, like even think Naval, which is like this like thinker. And I think he's like a really respected thinker in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, liked my tweet. I felt amazing. Like, oh my God, I'm saying something right. But no, like <laughs> I think um, stuff like that is really, really cool because you don't get the same thing. You don't get to talk to famous people in the regular world like you don't get to talk to really successful people via twitter in the regular world it really doesn't mm-hmm. work out like that, that and so like having the access to people like you could tweet jimmy song or you can tweet like all kinds of people and like they're most likely going to respond to you yep. more likely than not and so i think that's beautiful i think that's like that kind of yep. like fluidity between people who are like me in the beginning and the people who have been doing this since 1955 you know yeah. just making, making a joke <laughs> and then the fastest way is if you tweet something that's incorrect you will get a mountain <laughs> of correct information coming to you and sometimes i use that as a strategy i'm just like oh, i don't really know mm. i'm gonna tweet something real quick see how to, <laughs> see see what the see what uh the people that really know have to say and then I get all this, all these resources, and I'm like, great. And then I delete the tweet so I don't look like an idiot. And then I go and do my research. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So um, there's always people there to, to correct you. So, and that's a big part of community as far as a community builder is what I consider myself. Considering that and learning how to build on that is like a really big part of community for me. Um, could you get some tips to the listeners? Like how to leverage a community to get the resources you need like three tips what do you do as bitcoin bay um one form a micro community so there was this group of people a couple groups of people maybe like 20 or 30 at the most that are there to learn from each other teach each other help each other i'm in a couple of them and they're beautiful because it's like you really build real relationships with people online and one of the micro communities i'm in it's like a bunch of black people from twitter and i got added when i was in, in like my first beginning stages and i got to learn a lot about them and we changed our group name a lot i don't know but I, black wall street was one of the most like longest times we had that name one i time saw was that like, group yeah so that group is like um it's run really by uh, Barbie buys dips and she's really protective over the group because, you know, people can say stuff to dox themselves or, you know, and like the security thing is really important. It made me realize that over time, but like everybody in that group has a different 
angle. Some people trade, they margin trade. Like I'm probably the only community organizer in there that like has events, but like I learn a lot from their trading experiences and like, it makes me like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm not ready for BitMEX. I'm not ready mm-hmm. for like all this stuff. But like, I know that like, I have a community that if I tweet something, like all of them retweet it for me or like, it's it's just like very supportive and i would not be where i am without them i feel like and like i i mean i, I would be somewhere um i won't credit anybody or anything for like what the work that i'm doing but it's like almost having like another family okay and so micro there are other micro communities like that so i'm in one and that's that's not black it's like all races or whatever and discord that's somebody from twitter added me to and that one like they were all really big on eos when it was like under a dollar and i was like all right i'll listen to you guys and i've made the money with them but like they they like chart and go back and forth and they talk to each other so like getting a micro community together is very important Mm -hmm. you don't have to it doesn't have to be super big i would recommend to be no more than 30 people at the most because it's like a, a valuable exchange and place where you can actually have meaningful conversations. You can air out how you feel about something that's going on. You can talk trash about whomever and then it not leave, you know, that community. Or you mm-hmm. can you can ask a question like I was writing about the Black Explorer and and Barbie was explaining to me like the whole situation with outputs and inputs, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I know a lot of the guys, it's mostly guys in there. Like they're always asking stuff about, I don't even, it's so confusing. Like their trading techniques and what market makers do and all these other things. Like, and so I think it's important if you just have like a couple of friends to start something. If mm-hmm. it's, it, it depends on work, work, whatever works best. If it's on Discord, if it's on Telegram, or if it's on Twitter, just do a group chat and start actively reporting to the group chat, what you're doing and talking about it. Because I think it's, that's very important, especially for people of color and for women. Mm-hmm. It's having like supportive communities where you don't feel like you're alone. You don't feel like you can't you know, voice certain like struggles. Like we have different hurdles that we have to overcome no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have to share that with other people is important. So like that's number one. Um, number two is going to a meetup in your area, wherever you are, being open to going to a meetup and meeting people outside of the com- like outside of the computer, like get off the computer and literally go and go on meetup.com and search for crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, whatever in your area and um, try to find one and attend one and just go talk to people. Like it, it's really helpful to just talk to people and it helps you reaffirm what you do know, what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And also other resources. At one of the first meetups I went to, um, it was a guy there that broke down how uh, Ethereum worked. And basically he was like, gas is like, basically it's charged for every line of code to process the code you need gas. And then I was like, oh, that's what that is. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. was really, and he was excited to break it down. And sometimes the face-to-face communication is what you need to understand something. Like, not everybody is the best at learning straight off the computer. So having other people at a meetup talk to you is um, 
is is like really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing is that if there is not a meetup in your area, start one. And I've said this on Twitter, but if you're listening to this and you don't have a meetup in your area and you want help starting one, I will help you start one. Um, I will help you just with the basic stuff to get started and how to promote it and different ways of how you can get contact other communities because I think it's important that people have physical communities around this and this um, non-physical product around this this thing that this kind of money that they can't feel and can't touch it. I think having that that person-to-person connection is important. Um, it's very important in my opinion. And so if you don't have a meetup in your own community, starting one as simple as just going on meetup.com. It costs $14.99 a month to start. And um, it costs $14.99 a month to, like, to hold an account. And just go ahead and start it up and just have a meeting. Just have a regular intro meeting. It doesn't have to be about any specific topic. Just have one and just try. Because if you don't, you won't really know if you don't try. Mm-hmm. And if you don't live really, really close, be willing to travel to a a place that has one at least like once every couple months. Yeah. Because these conferences are expensive. Yeah, they're super I'm not, expensive. I'm really like every time I see a new conference, I, as soon as I'm like, so what is the policy for students and young professionals that do not have $5,000 to spend? How are you making this accessible to them? Consensus did something good with Zcash and they have sponsorships for students now. I think Zcash is going to sponsor like 75 students to go. But I think that's a, a a role that I will have in the future is being the voice for people who can't afford. Like I'm not Bitcoin rich. I didn't get started when it was a hundred dollars. Like I don't have the money to to like fly and go to these places. Like it should be things that make it accessible for people to be able to attend this because your the amount of money you have is not equivalent to the insight and knowledge you have. Mm-hmm. It you know it's your circumstance doesn't define who you are, and so it shouldn't be like a a blocker for people to be able to get into the space. Yeah, and that's so like, it's great that you mentioned that because that's a new trend that I'm seeing is that the new this new hype cycle has brought in people that are totally okay with putting up these barriers and totally okay with. Causing that yes. separation of oh you're that type of crypto user blah 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 I don't know what they're thinking but they're they're at least okay with that like for instance I went to the Miami Bitcoin conference and mm-hmm. if it's like if you didn't have a Lambo then you weren't worth talking to and I was like this is weird this is really weird so it's good that you mentioned that and I hope that yeah. that gets you know I hope that this is just a tiny trend of the right now and people stop being okay with that because you mentioning it costing five thousand dollars to go to a conference is like okay come on like let's let's be real here i mean it was i think the price got more expensive as time went up so like the latest price was five thousand and i emailed them and they were like we had student discounts i'm like but what if I'm not a student i'm 27 years old and i still can't afford to pay five thousand dollars to go to a conference so mm-hmm. How can I, like, can I volunteer? Like, what are the opportunities? I know um, conferences like Blogger, 
they have payment plans. Like they're open, they have payment plans, they, they sponsor people no matter if you're in school or not. They have ways to get people there. That And that's important. And I plan to voice my opinion and write and publish Medium articles and tweet the hell out of it for every single conference that I feel like is not accessible for people that are just regular, the general public, for people who are like, who want to be there and feel like the price is like such a big barrier for them. But there is one conference I heard of. I think I think that's just like something in its own because I just um, I was contacted on LinkedIn about a conference in San Francisco, and it's like parents pay, but you bring your kids for free. I think it's so amazing that they have kids coming. Like I think that's amazing. Like, <laughs> really, because it, it because some people can't afford always a babysitter. You know, why not expose your children to what crypto is and what blockchain is early? Like, it's beautiful. And kids go for free. Like, and they have things to entertain them. Like, that's what a conference or festival or whatever, like, that's what we need more of. As much as we have the business side doing their thing or whatever, we need the other side of the conversation to be strengthened too. Like, how how is this going to be adopted? And I don't, I'm not the type of person that's like, next year, everybody, the bank, the unbanked will be banked or whatever. I'm thinking like, well, 10 years down the line, but we have to start this stuff now. This has to be like a regular thing now so that it's a, it's like a no brainer. Like of the things that you think you about. You got a lot of foresight. Um, you got a lot of foresight with how the community needs to be engaged. And I think it's good. There needs to be more Bitcoin <laughs> how to pamphlet. <laughs> and, <laughs> But I guess we should wrap it up there. Is how do people reach you? Uh, where do they follow you? Where's where's an email that you have public facing? I don't know. Just all the ways people can reach out to you. And you know, you said you're willing to help them organize meetups. Oh, yeah. Like, let's just get all the communicate uh, the communique out right now. How? Okay, so you can follow me and message me on Twitter at. Bitcoin Bay and Bay B A E. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm like undoxing myself, but I, my name is Karima, K A R I M A, last name Williams. You can find me on LinkedIn. Also, you can email me at um, Karima, K A R I M A, at dccryptoclub.com. Um, all of those ways are pretty good ways to get in contact with me. And, um, I think, yeah, those are the best ways to get in contact with me. It's like those three things, email, LinkedIn, Twitter. Good deal. Can you do me one favor? Sure. Can you say, play the outro? Play the outro. 